Good morning and welcome to Faith FM. You're listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88, wherever you are. You could be listening on the internet, so you could be in Antarctica for all I care. But you are <laughs> listening to The Breakfast Show this morning and you're joined by myself, Lawson, and my amazing co-host, Monica. Monica, how are you doing this morning? Oh, so good, dude. How really? are you? Yeah. yeah. How am I? Yeah. I'm right. <laughs> come on, though. It's like Monday fun day. How come you're not just amazing? Monday fun day? Monday fun day, mate. Uh, I don't know about that, my friend. But uh, look, you know, I'm getting through, getting getting it done. You know, you're done? Do, doing all the. Hey, how was your essay? Uh, I don't know. It was all right. <laughs> like... We're praying for you, young Lawson. We're <laughs> praying for you. Good. Get through that degree. Thank you. Thank Remember, you so much. Remember, please get degrees. What have, you, what have you been up to over the weekend? Trying to find my hairbrush. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I went to church. I had a wonderful, uh, oh, wonderful service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Sunday I was just like cooking and cleaning and being mm. an adult. <laughs> I, yep. I, I know how that feels. This Do you? I'm not so sure. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm wow. sure you can cook and clean. I can. I can do those <laughs> things. I, I for a, in a number of times in my life, I've lived by myself, and I almost didn't starve. No, I'm just uh, I almost didn't die. Well, you know that would be that would be awkward if I'm talking here right now. Ah, oh, yeah, that's funny. I I had a weekend. You know, going to church. It was Mother's Day. Of oh, course. yeah, right. Yep, yep, yep. And, you know, then yesterday, you know, hung out with some people and I I, I, I had Bible study. But then yesterday evening, having Mother's Day dinner with my mom and the rest of my fam. And, you know, it's just a regular family dinner. Shout out to Lawson's mom. Yeah, shout out to my mom. Mm-hmm. I just love her so much. And she actually, she just bought a house, which she moves into either today or tomorrow. So oh, exciting. You know, good for her. Kicking goals, being a mom, getting it yeah, done. Yeah, nice. But coming up in today's show, aside from awesome interviews and Bible studies, we're going to be talking about Scanner Priest, Spare Room, and Kenya. Wow. And I'm going to chuck in also the man with the golden arm. Oh, I love this. Yes. This is what so elusive. <laughs> this is, guys, you're just going to have to be listening. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. This morning. And we are going to have our first clue for the quiz this week. Yes, indeed. This week we are doing a Who Am I quiz. Well, today. Well, today, yes. Yes. Monday's quiz. Mm-hmm. First clue goes like this. Look, I was told your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. Mm-hmm. Mm. So we want to show you a little bit about the prize rules. So first of all, there's one winner drawn on Friday, and you basically get one chance a day to get in to the prize draw for Friday. Mm-hmm. If you get it wrong, you're out for the day. Wait for the next day to try again. Uh, you, there's going to be five clues given every day. The, if you get the, if you get it right on the first clue, you get the maximum amount of points for that day, which is 500 points. Was it five? Yeah, 500 points. Of course. And then diminishing down to 100 points if you get it mm. on the last clue. So you can choose to risk it for the five, or you can be safe and wait until you're sure with the 100 or any of the, or any of the smaller numbers. Mm. Um, so that's how you. That's how that's the rules of the game. You can, and if you want to play, but you don't necessarily want the prize, that's fine. You can play along. You just state it or star it. So give us an asterisk next to it if you just want to play for kudos and a pat on the back. We'll give you a pat on the back through the radio waves. Mm. 
This week's prize, here we go, is by Dennis Smith. It is book 12 of the 40 Days Prayers and Devotions on the Nature and Ministry oh. of the Holy Spirit. It's a really amazing That's awesome. book. Yeah. Have, are you familiar with the 40 Day series? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. such a good series. Mm-hmm. But I'll be telling you a little bit more about that prize throughout the day's show, but I'm going to give you the clue again. I was told, look, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods go back with her. I think this is a pretty easy one. Do you know who it is? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we've, uh, we've got some what I believe to be correct answers coming through. Yes, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Well so shout out Karen for just Go Karen. You know, getting it off the bat. The gun has sounded and Karen around. is out of the blocks. Karen is awake on a Monday morning. <laughs> absolutely. 0491064669. That's our number for the quiz, text or call. Well, hey, you are listening to The Breakfast Show this morning. And as always, we've got Monica bringing us some positively different news. What is happening in the world of oh, positive different news? Oh, I have some news? slightly mixed up news. Like, it's a really good oh. story, but it does highlight a bit of a problem that we have in Australia at the moment. Oh. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard about the Aussie guy, James Harrison, known as the man with the golden arm. Mm-hmm. You've never, have you heard no, of him? No, but I'm, I'm going to assume that his arm is made out of solid gold. No. Okay. Liquid gold runs through his veins. Well, proverbial. Uh, uh, <laughs> this guy is a gun. <laughs> this guy is 87 years old, and mm-hmm. he has spent the last 60 years donating almost weekly uh, blood and plasma to cure rhesus disease. Uh-huh. So I'm, 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 this guy is like my hero because like, mm. I love donating blood. It's something I'm very passionate about. Mm. But he... um. Give you a little backstory. He actually had, uh, he was 14 years old when he underwent major chest surgery and he was dependent on the blood of strangers to save his life. And so he, when he recovered, he pledged to donate as much as he could when he was old enough. So four years later, when he turned 18, he kept his promise and he started mm. donating blood despite a severe aversion to needles and good on him for overcoming his fear in order to help people. But uh, sometime later, it was discovered that his blood contains an important antibody, which was used to make what they call anti-D injections. Uh, and, and this is basically, it's an injection that prevents RHD negative uh, women from pre- developing potentially harmful antibodies during pregnancy uh, uh, with an RHD positive baby. So without it, their RHD positive baby could suffer from hemolic disease of the fetus and the newborn, which can be fatal. Mm. So when he found this out, he upped the ante and started to donate as much as he could, and he kept it up over his lifetime. Um, So much so that now at the age of 87, he's known as the man with the golden arm. And get this, his time donating, uh, he has saved over two and a half million babies. That's how many lives he saved. Mm. Um just donating his special blood. Oh, this guy is so cool. Um, look him up, just happy old guy sitting in a chair, you know, getting stuff injected in his arm so he can donate blood. Uh, he was born in 1936, uh, so he's he's getting a bit on now. So hope, he's hoping – he has the record for the most number of donations given, but he says that he really hopes that someone will outdo him one day. 
because it means that someone else is like just as passionate as he is about donating his special blood. Um, research is also being done on creating a mixture of the monoclonal antibodies, which is basically the antibodies uh, made by immortalizing B cells and bioreactors mm. uh, that matches what donors such as Harrison's, um, James Harrison's bodies produce naturally. And the project has been colloquially called James in a Jar. <laughs> so good on this guy um, for being so willing to give something that is actually free for all of us to give. And I do want to encourage, hey, do you know what, if you are able to donate blood, and this is, I guess, the bad news. Um, so Australia's donor blood supply is is at crisis level in Australia. Yeah. And this has been coming on because of COVID, so it's some of like one of the after effects that we're still feeling. Um, so it's expected to deplete to the lowest point ever since 2020, um, as, you know, as our nation suffers after the COVID surge. So basically... People, you know, were not able to get out to donate. And then mm. even those who potentially could get out to donate were, had COVID. And if you had COVID, you obviously couldn't. Then you couldn't give blood. You couldn't yep. give and you couldn't give for a while afterwards. And um, and so they're expecting to actually run completely out of A, O and B blood groups. Um, so, so, yes, this is not great. They've seen this coming for a while. Like um, December, Just in December, just go on there. We're saying, you know, we're, we're, we're headed for some rough times. And I can attest to this because, uh, you know, I love to donate blood and I, I try to do it as much as possible. And my phone almost every week I get a call saying, oh, can you come in? Can you come in? And mm. they, sometimes they call me the day after I've donated and they ask me to come in again. And uh, and so they're they're very desperate and I would just encourage anyone that can – Please go and donate blood. Um, it's so urgent right now. It's su- and it's such a simple thing to do mm. to help out your fellow man. Like it doesn't cost you anything other than a bit of time. If you've never given blood before, it's actually kind of fun. You get to go to a nice clinic. They, you know, the, the staff are super friendly. They feed you. They feed you. There's like a little cafe and everything's free, mm. um, you know, for donors and you can eat before and during and after. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, um, so the last time I got my blood taken, I was, the, the person taking my blood is like one of my sister's closest friends oh. and we just have my sister's wedding yeah. and we're up there and we're chatting and we're all sitting in our wedding clothes, you know, at, at the, the wedding dinner, you know, like the reception. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Oi, Lawson. When are you going to come in and take blood again? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Ariana, please, like, like give me a break. Oh, I've been sick. And she's like, so? Well, you don't look sick now. <laughs> we need blood. We need blood. Come in. So, so they're, they're doing, they're trying their hardest. It's like they, they hit me yeah. up too. But, um, mate, they're even getting out there in social and personal events. You know, I can see that was actually, that was so funny walking in. I'm like, hey, it's like, it's, hey, look, um, most clinics are now open after hours. Hours. So even if you're wow. at work, you can still go in. You can do it in your lunch break. Um, you can do it on the weekends. Um, they, they're so desperate. They have mobile units. And, hey, do you know what? If you've been told in the past that you can't donate blood, double check because the laws are changing all the time. They recently um, have just started allowing uh, the Brits who were in, uh, in England during mad cow disease. Those people can now start donating again. So there's no excuse. Mm. At, at the very least, go and check. And let me encourage you, when you donate, and you're eating those snacks and those little goodies they have at the cafe on your way out, drop by the counter and book your next appointment. It's always easiest to book your next appointment when you've just done it and you're already there on mm. the premises. Hey, one cool last story. This is so awesome. A Canadian family in Saskatchewan 
has decided to do something about the lack of fresh vegetables in their harsh winters. They had um, there was a, a an old community school that was abandoned in their town, and uh, and they decided to turn the entire school into a hydroponic farm, mm. equipped with a drive-through window, <laughs> and they've been growing um, romaine, butter leaf, uh, lettuce, uh, baby romaine, red romaine, green oak leaf, red oak leaf more, and batava lettuces, as well as kale, dill, basil, cucumbers, rocket, Swiss chard, tomatoes, radishes, and parsley. And they've been. <laughs> you should see the pictures of this, like, like an old high school, and it's just been turned into like an indoor hydroponic farm. Like all the hallways in the classrooms are just filled and filled with trays of um, leafy greens and vegetables. And they are just giving it away for free to their <gasps> town to help sustain their um. To take. I thought this was going to be like an entrepreneurial story, nah, but no, they're just. Just helping the town get their green leafy greens through the winter when it's hard to get fresh produce. That is incredible. Yeah, really good stuff. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You are going to give us another clue for the quiz. Who am I? I was married to Marlon. Marlon, M A H L O N. Who am Marlon. I? Marlon. Mm. The prize is the 40 Days Prayers and Devotions on the Nature and Ministry of the Holy Spirit, book 12 by Dennis Smith. For centuries, Bible scholars have struggled with the concept of God in their efforts to more clearly define his being. Yet defining God is impossible because the true nature of the Creator is beyond humanity's ability to fully comprehend. Mm, This book will give you a little bit of uh, clarity on that. 40 Days Prayers and Devotions on the Nature and Ministry of the Holy Spirit. So it's like a... I think it's like a page a day kind of situation, and uh, it has like present devotions, and uh, and for forty days. And so this is is the the theme of the book is the nature and ministry of the Holy Spirit. So really great if you want to learn more about you know the Holy Spirit, uh, what his role is, how that all works. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. I was married to Malon. Who was that? How how do you spell that? M a h l o n. So I just Marlin, looked that up. Is it I, is Marlon, Malin, whatever it is. So in 1880, it was the 934th most popular name in the United States. <laughs> and now it is the 5,870th. Yeah, wow. So it's it's seen a, a, a gradual decline, <laughs> but the, but quite a From severe... From unpopular to extremely unpopular. <laughs> yeah, to extremely unpopular. So you know what that means. We need to bring it back. Yeah. And it's actually a nice name, too. Like, I always joke, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, call your kids Mephibosheth or Michelle Hushbars <laughs> or whatever. Like, you know, do, do something like that. But, um, or, you know, whatever. But this is... Dude, Marlon is a cool name. Well, I mean, at our church, we have a Marlon, but it's spelt different. Yeah. yeah but that's yeah. like an African name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas the the... Well, the Romanized Bible version. That is like a really cool name. I'm well, Lawson, bring it can, back. What you can do is you can name uh, your son this name. All you have to do is um, get married. So what you need to do is get a girlfriend. Okay. Yep. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're... God works in mysterious ways, my friends. Hey, if you know the answer to that one, 0491-064-669. Of course, you'll go into the draw for an amazing prize, the 40 Days of Prayer. I have a bunch of friends who use this uh, this resource that, to run prayer groups and meetings and whatnot, and it's just been an absolute blessing to them. As I said, we are going to be talking about a few different things. I had some some catchphrases there. It was scanner priest, spare room, and Kenya. But we'll start off by talking about scan a priest. So this is coming from the Catholic Church in France. 
So the French Catholic Church have, and I, I was reading a couple articles about this, and and I I noticed that in the articles, the the one of the the reasons that they they list for this change happening, which I'm about to describe, is again, you know, for the safety of children, and that's ultimately because it's been found that over the last seventy years in the Catholic Church in France, three hundred and thirty thousand kids have been abused, Ugh. which is just awful. That's horrific. It is terrible. It is heartbreaking. It is saddening. And so recently, um, France, the Catholic Church, as a result of this Royal Commission, so all of that information came out in 2021. Is it very similar with the Royal Commission that was happening in Australia and the information that came out about that? Um, the Catholic Church in France has been trying to modernize to protect children. And the way that they've decided to do this is by coming up with Scanner Priest, which is essentially a system where priests carry digital ID cards now instead of papers. Now, these digital ID cards, uh, you know, split priests up into a few different categories. Uh, if you have a green ID, well, firstly, it's your identification. So it's got your name and your face and everything. If you've got a green ID card, it means there are no restrictions on leading mass or hearing confession. You have an orange ID card. Orange indicates that there are some restrictions in place, but not necessarily that the clergy member is an abuser. Um, for example, a young priest may be recently ordained and it's not yet qualified to lead mass or confession. And red is reserved for someone who can no longer preach or practice or that they have been strip, stripped of clerical status, uh, but the nature of the sanction isn't specified. Well, then why would they even bother carrying the card? They got fired. Why would they carry? This yeah. is such this a is, dumb idea. This is ridiculous. Like, is uh, look, I'm all for modernizing. I'm like, because they used to carry a paper form, right? Mm-hmm. Their, their certifications. I'm like, sweet, modernize that thing. I haven't carried a wallet in almost two years now. I'm all about it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, whatever. But the purpose of this is, oh, we're going to stop abuse in the Catholic this Church. going to work. Abuse in the Catholic Church is, per- abuse anywhere is perpetrated usually by people with good standing. That's right. If you don't have good standing, especially if you're carrying around a red card uh-huh. that says you're a bad person. Uh, but the point is that before they didn't do this. But if you've been strict of your clerical titles, then you're not even allowed in. Like, Yeah. I, What's the point? Who's going who's gonna to say, can I see your card, please? Mm. Like, I what mean, kid's going to ask that of a priest? I, yeah, I- exactly. And so it, it's like, oh, yeah, so we're identifying predators. But again, it's after the fact. Yeah, that's right. Again, we always get to here on Faith FM the real way, the real uh-huh. way to yep. solve the problem yep. of abuse in the Catholic Church mm-hmm. is to remove the celibacy of the priesthood mm-hmm. and to remove the confessional. This was the outcome of every royal commission, every investigation that has been done into the Catholic Church and how to solve the problem there is to do this. And I know that I'm probably talking to some of my Catholic brothers and sisters this morning. This history is very obvious and open. I'm not saying this to hate on you guys. I have many Catholic friends. I have family members who are Catholic as well, uh, in my, a lot of my mum's family are Catholic or nominally Catholic. I was baptized into the Catholic Church when I was four years old. I'm not a Catholic now. Um, I'm, I'm a Seventh-day Adventist. But I, I uh, went to Catholic institutions, which was, for the most part, a positive experience. Basically, we don't have anything against the Catholic people, but we the Catholic Church is obviously harboring habits that create pedophiles, and it needs to be dealt with. Exactly. The safety of our children. And those two things you just mentioned, the confessional and celibacy, not even biblical. The, the, Can't find is, it in the Bible. This is our huge point, is that... Like, someone could come to me and say, oh, well, uh, Lawson, you're 
uh, not that rich, say. So why don't you work on Sabbath? Huh? Just get rid of that, and then you'll have no money problems because. But and my point would be like, no, but this is a tenant of God's word, you know. That's right. Maybe I could say, oh, I'm really stressed out. And they're like, well, Lawson, you should drink alcohol. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm not going to do that because I'm I believe in God's word. And they're like, well, you should just stop doing that. But it's kind of a ridiculous one because I don't think there's any good reason to drink alcohol that anyone could possibly come up with. Mm. But um, for the Catholic, they could say, oh, but this is part of our religion. This is something that's so important. You might see it as a bad thing, but it's necessary. But that's the the very point is that the idea of the celibacy of the priesthood and the confessional is something that isn't in the Bible. It's not mandated by God. And and it's not like, oh, well, it's up for interpretation. No, no, no. This is purely an invention of the Catholic Church. And it's a tradition of the Catholic Church that has become a... You know, it's an invention by mainstay. man, and it's not working. It's well, it's, super not it's working. It's clearly not working. It's three hundred and thirty thousand kids for evidence not working. Yeah, and it's fine to have traditions, man-made traditions, like go nuts, but dude. like not if they're at the cost that this one's coming at. Yeah, so yeah, we're, we're a little bit heated. We're we're steaming a bit here in the studio because we, as I think, as Christians, we're the people who are the most upset about this. Right, exactly. Because, and, and if you look at it, when it comes to the 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 Royal Commission into the Catholic Church, it was Christians who were really pushing for that to take place because we don't want abusers in our church. We want to solve these problems. I don't want abusers in my church. Right, because we want the gospel to be as exactly. attractive as possible. Absolutely, it is. It is the number one way that you stifle God's word getting out there. Is it, well, there's lots of ways you can stifle God's word, but yeah, abusing kids is definitely one of them. Um, so yeah, we we want to see this ch- change, and we want to see uh, this this happen where they they can take the right steps. They're, they're, they're trying to take some steps, but they're obviously not right, and they need to take those steps. Um, I wanted to give an update. I've talked about Kenya before over the last couple of weeks. I wanted to give an update because, so, the situation in Kenya is that there was a famous pastor, his name was Paul McKenzie, of the Good News International Church, who was preaching that essentially people should fast until Jesus comes back. What? Now, there was a group of body uh, bodies uncovered, like, 25 bodies, including oh, no. a bunch of children of people who had been like emaciated and starved and died. And it was oh, really no. sad. The death toll is now up to 201 no. people. And so I think this is interesting because it's like with the Catholic Church and confessional, we're seeing an old man-made invention, something that's not mandated by scripture that is bringing harm to people systematically over a very long time. But this isn't just man-made institutional things. This, well, it is a man-made institutional thing, but it's not just it's not just in a in the Catholic Church. There is so much hair. Basically, when we make any departure from the Bible in the ma- in the name of the Lord, it brings great harm to people. And we're seeing here this guy. He's preaching. He's like, if you want to be serious about God, you want to see Jesus come to you, need to fast. And now two hundred people have starved themselves to death. So it is really tragic news, guys, but I think it ultimately points us. The Bible says that at the end of time, many will come in my name and deceive many. So we need to get back to what the Bible says and be following Jesus in spirit and in truth. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And Mon, you're going to give us another clue for the quiz. Clue number three. This one is worth 300 points. Who am I? I said the following. Spread the corner of your garment over me, since you are a kinsman redeemer. Kinsman slash redeemer. No, kinsman dash redeemer. 
Who was that? Do you know who he is? Sorry. Uh, well, I know the answer to the, okay. to the quiz. I said, spread the coin of your garment over me since you are a kinsman redeemer. 0491064669. If you think you know the answer. A lot of people do. Good on them. Mm, absolutely. You are listening to The Breakfast Show this morning, and we have none other than Justin Lawman on our show this morning talking everything prophecy, politics, and the Bible. Justin, are you there with us? I'm here, Lawson. How are you, brother? Oi, kicking goals, you know, and looking upon a world that, well, we just we just had some news stories that were very uh, saddening, just talking about the state of affairs, the state of affairs in Christianity around the world, and, um, yeah, people being hurt and all kinds of things. But, uh, yeah, regardless, God is good, and we're getting through. And so now we're talking about, again, prophecy and politics. So might get a little bit heavy, but um, I'm, I'm well. I'm well. I hope you're, I hope you're doing well, too. <laughs> I am well. I'm I'm off the side of the Hume Highway at the moment, so mind if you hear trucks coming past. Or mm-hmm. I'm on the road, but um, God is good. Beautiful weather at the moment. We mm. can be grateful for where we live. Uh, there's a lot of trouble in the world. A lot of trouble, and um, mm. we can be thankful. I've got some questions for you guys. You guys like to give quiz questions. Yeah. Oh, are we going to be quizzed? So you're going to get quizzed nice. this morning, and you're probably going to get asked some stuff you've never been asked. Mm-hmm. You've got to give me Bible answers. This okay. is the problem. Okay? You ready? Mm-hmm. Lawson, who's there with you? Monica as well. We got, yeah, it's Monica and myself, sir. Okay, here we go. You've got, to get, you've got to give me some reasoning from Scripture here. All right, I'm if ready. I had the choice between one world government, we'll call it globalism, Mm-hmm. And nation states, all these little kingdoms or, or countries that are all different from each other. Mm-hmm. Which would the Bible support? What do you think, Monica? Do you have a thought? <laughs> I know what I this would support. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. Um, <laughs> now think about think about some events that happen sure. in Scripture. On the There's a tower. That's I'm going to throw. Bible. Yes, I was going to throw the goal. <laughs> I was ready to go. I, I had this I'm one. Just I, giving I, you some tips here. I was going to say that I think that God is actively against one world government because God, in fact, created nation states. Um, after the the Tower of Babel incident, is there was one people who stood up in rebellion against God, and so He divided the people, and we saw that when people divided, that there was definitely, again, opportunity for sin and depravity, but um, also opportunity for people to go a different route and follow God. So. Yeah, the Bible, I mean, Brother, the Bible shows that any time man attempts globalization, it's usually ruled by wicked, ungodly empires. Mm. But having said that, you know, once Jesus comes back and we all get to go to heaven, then it is going to kind of be a globalization, but a good globalization. <laughs> it's going to be a globalization without sin. I think, right? I think it's like yeah. no globalization right. while you're on earth, but once God's figured this stuff out for us, then I think... Mm-hmm. You, got, you guys get the prize this morning, okay? Hey, yeah. hey, hey. Amazing, amazing. So, yeah, God divided up into language groups because they were going to do some stuff that wasn't good, building Mm. their Tower of Babel. And you see it again in in Daniel 2, Mm. where they're iron in the clay at the end of time when the stone strikes the feet of the image, that they'll try and bind each other together but Mm. fail. We are seeing this happen right now. Um, in an amazing way where a nation, uh, the United States at the moment, its southern border and even its northern border is being absolutely overrun by 
hundreds of thousands of people that since Joe Biden's taken office is like, they, mm. they believe there's about 6 million now have been added to the population through illegal immigration. Wow. Mm. Why would a country not defend its border? Because they could easily stop this. And I want to put it to the listeners today. There are bigger moves afoot to make the world a one world government. We call it globalization. You see it with ESG scores. You see it with all sorts of world economic forums, all sorts of things that they want to get rid of nation states. Now, mm. countries in and of themselves can be both good and bad. And, and the Bible would want us to live a quiet and peaceable life. Mm. That's what the government should do. It says in Romans 13 that uh, when the the Roman soldier carries a sword, he does so on behalf of God because he's keeping law and order. Wow. God is not the author of chaos. He wants us to have a place where we can live that is safe, peaceful, and happy. Mm-hmm. But we're seeing some stuff uh, go on right now in the world that I think is going to fail because the Bible repeatedly tells us it's going to fail. Mm -hmm. And one of them is the obliteration of borders of countries. Mm -hmm. Well, you could say the the clearest place where this is happening at the moment is in Europe with the European project, the EU, um, and, uh, you know, other, when when it comes to like trade and, and military as well, in regards to NATO as well. Do we see yeah. a time? Well, we're already seeing that all of those countries they share a currency and whatnot. But do we see a time in which French people are no longer French and Spanish people are no longer Spanish and Germans are no longer German? Or, or, or how do you how do you think this is going to progress moving forward? According to Bible prophecy, according to Daniel chapter two, the the attempt to unite Europe will fail. Mm-hmm. And absolutely, Hungary and these other countries are already. Um, really wanting to to break away turkey's always been on the borders of whether they should or shouldn't be part of it but Mm -hmm. they are and and i think putin invading ukraine was a complete um affront to europe but the european response has been somewhat uh disturbing Mm. and uh, it, it was pretty amazing to see they wheeled out donald trump on the cnn of all all sorts of strange bedfellows these days. Mm. And he said, let's just stop the war. Why Why are we continuing fighting? Who cares who's going to win or lose? People are dying every day. And our brothers and sisters on both sides of that conflict, mm. it's just horrendous. Um, this attempt to unite Europe is not working. It hasn't worked and it's not going to last. Mm-hmm. And the attempt to obliterate borders, again, is not working and it's not going to work. And God seems that he seems to have put in place the fact that we need accountability and that if you give all your power away to a few people, you centralize everything, the potential for disaster and the potential for corruption is enormous. Mm-hmm. So like it or lump it, we seem to need countries and good governments and people with a voice that can control their own destinies rather than have 
a few people up high with all the power and all the money. Absolutely. I think my question then is if humans have been attempting to unite in terrible ways for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, why do we keep doing it even when every time we do do it, it fails? Power. (laughs) No, but why? uh, It's like, okay, power hungry for the people at the top, but why for the people at the bottom? Why are we so willing to say, oh, yeah, we're we're happy to be a part of this? I think people just don't know the Bible prophecy. Mm -hmm. I don't think, I think they don't know God either. And there's lots of, and once someone gets power, usually people that have taken power, it will first appear to be for good reasons. Mm. And there's always a bit of deception involved in this. And if you could have told the people, this guy's actually got, they did it in Israel with a king. Samuel comes out and says, if you do get a king, this is what he's going to do. And they Mm. said, yeah, give us a king. So um, they don't really look forward so much. And in the end, they think it's going to be better. And I think that would be the common theme. They think this will solve all their problems. Adolf Hitler in the 1930s with his brown shirts and rampaging through Mm. Germany, he got voted in because people thought he's going to fix everything for us. The only person that will fix everything is the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. And he's the only one that will ever fix. Anyone that you think is going to be your saviour apart from him, you got the wrong guy. I think there's also no, I hate this sounds a bit mean, but I think there's also no accounting for human stupidity. I mean, if, looking at the time that we're living in right now and knowing what we know about Earth's history, and yet you can still find, you know, on any, any Australian university campus, a, a, a communist party, like little kids running around with their red yeah. t shirts on. And it's like, can you not read a history book and know that <laughs> communism is like the worst idea ever? Yeah. Oh, good point. Man. Good point. I, uh, working at universities and, and being at secular universities and seeing the communist and the socialist clubs set up. Yeah. And they're like handing out literature, being like, we need socialism right now. We need to dissolve oh, the government gosh. of Australia mm-hmm. and dissolve capitalism. And I am like, you guys are insane. Yeah. You guys, yeah. and, oh, and this, this the most cringe moment ever. So I have a friend from Russia who's moved over to Australia as an international student is absolutely loving it over here because they're not in Russia right now. And, um, and we walk past this group and they ask us like, Oh, so where are you guys from? And I'm like, well, I'm Australian. My friend's like, I'm Russian. And they're like, Oh, you're Russian. Well, the Russian revolution. And they're trying to tell her why like communism and the Russian revolution and Marxism is so good and how like Russia did everything right. And she's, She's just perplexed. Like, she's dumbfounded. She's like, are you serious? Like, yeah. like she's like, I've, I'm more free than I've ever been living in Australia. Like, this is the, the best I've ever lived in my whole life. And you're telling me that we're doing it wrong here? Like, oh, it's yeah. so funny. But it, it is, people just seem to be so confused on these ideas. But it's because of that confusion that then they would be, they'd be willing to to be a part of something that is clearly and yeah, obviously so bad and I think that desire to belong to a community, and I think the same goes for anything like you know, this flat earthers and stuff. I think it's more about the community than it is about the actual doctrine. Yeah, and that, well, they, they've been indoctrinated to believe that this is the best way forward, and, mm. and what's to stop them not believing that? If you've given up the greatest moral code in human history, which mm. is scripture, 
if you've just abandoned that, what are you replacing it with? And they mm. get all sorts of weird. Marxism has been a disaster mm. everywhere it's gone. Absolutely. And this globalization, the war that's going on right now in the West with Marxism is very real. And you're seeing it on your university campus. I've got to say, I haven't seen too much of it in my parts, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's real and it's going on at high levels in the world today. It's going to fail. The king of the south in Daniel 11, which represents that philosophy, mm. is destroyed by the king of the north like a whirlwind right at the end. And mm. I think that's where we're living in, in time. Mm, absolutely. So that's where we are right now. What can we do? Obviously, we are members and citizens of various different nations, particularly here in Australia, as this is an Australia-based radio station. But um, what can we do as time winds down? Yeah, and I think it's very easy for us to fall into the trap of let's uh, let's make it them against us, and we're going to dive on the side of the um, you know the nation states and da 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 da. Bible tells us that it's actually the response back against this Marxism is going to go too far the other way. Mm. The thing that we can do today, and I can't emphasize this enough, is preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, that our salvation won't come through any forms of government. It will come Mm. through him. And what the world needs today is a Billy Graham. What the world needs today is someone preaching Jesus, the kingdom of God is within you. And when you are actually walking with him, when you're sharing him, you're changing the country in which you live. And I don't think we should get engaged in any political movement to the point to think this is the answer. While I'll have political opinions, while they they can be good or bad or whatever else, there's one thing that doesn't change, and that's mm-hmm. Jesus. And so I think the most important thing we can do today is share on a personal level, on any level we can, the gospel and the liberty that that brings me in Christ. That's what changes countries. That's what's created the beautiful uh, oasis that we've had of freedom in the West was really the, the reformation and the teaching of the, of the gospel. Amen. Absolutely. Hey, Justin, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.